Owen Marbury was part owner of an IT service business. Now he's locking horns with his ex-partner Devin and fighting for his reputation and his freedom. But when Michaela Stanford, his former college bestie and crush, walks back into his life, he's reminded of the fire that still burns between them. As their 20-year college reunion approaches, they have a chance to rekindle their friendship and explore love once again. But Owen's battle with Devin is getting in the way of pursuing things with Michaela. With Devin breathing down their necks and threatening their lives, Owen must decide whether to give in or fight for his heart's desire. This is the premise of Secret Second Chances, a friends to lovers second chance romance available on Amazon on March 5th. Pick up your copy today. This is the Nerdy Romantics Podcast, and I'm your host, Y.M. Nelson. Hello, Nerdy Romantics. Today we are going to get nerdy and we're talking about Star Trek Picard season two. If you have been with me and you've listened to, there's a two-part episode where I talk about Star Trek Picard season one. And I was really, really giddy about it because it was actually at 25 years where they showed Star Trek Picard. And the thing that made me so giddy about that is I had just watched the end of the Star Trek TNG series. And I was so, and I was kind of reflecting on that because they go 25 years into the future. And so it was a really weird coincidental moment and I had to talk about it and I had to talk about a couple of the episodes season one. I was so giddy about it. And now that I have a Trekkie romance out there that actually refers to Star Trek Picard in a few little areas, I really thought that I'd bring in my guest host this time and see if they wanted to talk about Star Trek Picard season two. Since season two has wrapped, season three will be out in February of 2023. They've already finished with a recording on season three. Season three will be the final season of Star Trek Picard. It is on Paramount Plus. And before we get too deep into everything, I just want to let everyone know that there will be spoilers. There will be spoilers of season one. There will be spoilers of season two, obviously, as we talk about it, because we're going to get to we're going to get really deep into the story. And there are some will probably be some spoilers of what we know about season three because as y'all know, I'm a big fan of Star Trek. And after I finished with season two, I watched all of the little extras that they had on Paramount Plus. I watched Will Wheaton's 
Ready Room series where he talks, uh, gives commentary and does interviews. And I even watched some clips from when the cast of season three was at uh, New York Comic Con. So there may be some spoilers of all three seasons here of Picard. Also, we are probably going to talk about um, other series here because as we have found out in this, there are a lot of Easter eggs that point to other different series, mostly ones that have happened after TNG. So if you have not seen Star Trek Picard season two or season one, by the way, and you don't want to be spoiled, please turn this podcast off, go and watch it and come back and join us. Okay, so what I really want to talk about before we get into the show and the season, I want to talk about being a fan of Star Trek. I've got with me today Jen and Stacy, and I want to ask both of y'all, what made you a fan of Star Trek? What series was it that you started watching? Why did you start watching? What was it that grabbed you? And and how far into it are you? Just a little background for myself. As you may know, I am a Star Trek TNG fan. When we say TNG, we mean Star Trek The Next Generation. When we say DS9, we're talking about Star Trek Deep Space Nine. If we're saying TOS, we're talking Star Trek, the original series. That's the Kirk and Spock Star Trek. Um, I'm trying to think of any other acronyms, but if any come up, just let me know. But I am a Star Trek The Next Generation fan. That's how I entered the series, or that's how I entered the franchise, I should say. Fell in love with that show, and to this day, there are some starting credits that happened before the theme song happens. You know, shows used to have a theme song back in the day. Their starting story, usually by the end of the starting story, before the theme song happens, I can tell you what happens on the episode, what the episode is about, how it's going to end. And I've got probably the first seven episodes, come. they come to me from memory, like, you know, what they are. And from there... I um, I stayed with the franchise. I'm a DS9 fan. I'm a Voyager fan. Not so much an Enterprise fan. And I think that's because Scott Bakula is like, it channels Quantum Leap for me. And so, you know, it's not channeling Star Trek for me. And that theme song that they have is just straight annoying. I absolutely love Picard, and I didn't think that I would love Star Trek Discovery, but I do. (laughs) It is amazing. I've just started Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which is actually going all the way back even before Star Trek the original series. I recognize the original series as canon, but I cannot tell you exactly like what episodes or what. I know a few major episodes but I really got into Star Trek, the original series with their movies. Love the Star Trek, the original series, all the movies that they're in, that cast is in. So Stacy, talk to us, tell us why you became a Star Trek fan or how that happened. 
with um, Star Trek Next Generation. I was never really into the first one until I started watching The Next Generation. And then I watched the movies that came out uh-huh. with the original um, cast, but I never really got into the TV show. And I'm not really sure why I started. I mean, I always like, I guess because I like science fiction, fantasy, that kind of stuff. And so when the show came on, you know, just got watched a couple of set episodes and got hooked. And I mean, I really got hooked on it for a while there. I used to get the little magazine. So I was reading the Next Generation magazine from the bookstore. Oh my gosh, so, there was a magazine? There was How a did magazine. I not know this? And I used to get the magazine. It was, you know, so I mean, I really enjoyed the, that show. And that opened it up to when the next ones came out. So I dig into Deep Space Nine and Voyager. Um, and I remember... And I, now I, I don't even remember telling my brother this, but I remember when I saw Voyager, it's like, oh, it's a woman captain. And I was like, we finally got a woman captain. And why did they have to make her get lost? Why is she? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and I remember, and I don't remember saying that, but like a couple of years ago, my brother was like, you know, I finally watched Voyager and realized what she was talking about. Oh my God. Because <laughs> um, I must have been really upset at the time. And he was like, I don't know why you're talking to me about this. <laughs> But, um, and I, again, same as you, I didn't really get into Enterprise that much. I was like, tried to, but I just wasn't, I never got into it. The Discovery, I am enjoying that. I, I am. And I'm doing the, um, and I've watched the, you said New Horizons, that prequel. Yeah. I say prequel because it's not really a prequel, but it is um, the captain that was well, before um Before James Kurt. Kurt. Yeah. Captain yeah. Archer. So, I think yeah. he was either right before Kirk or one before Kirk, something like that. I think he was yeah, right Yeah, basically his Kirk. mentor, but if you yeah. can, and I think is his mentor kind of a it thing. Is. Yeah. I have gotten to that. That was been pretty good too, which I was surprised at because I was like, if I didn't like Enterprise, I wasn't going to like this one, but no, I actually liked that one over Enterprise. And, it, and until you said the um, Quantum Link thing, <laughs> right? I was like, maybe that's why I didn't <laughs> care much for exactly. I just didn't see him as a captain. exactly it's so weird i just (laughs) i I don't know why but i kept thinking quantum leap i mean he was cool in quantum leap i I like that show show. (laughs) but but i I just couldn't get him there get him on that i mean and quantum leap is coming back Yes, yes. I know. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try to see it. <laughs> right. So, I, sorry, I that's a whole other episode. Sorry. <laughs> well, but, let uh, us know if you want to see that episode, if you want to hear that episode when we talk about Quantum Leap, because yes, I saw it was coming back and I'm like, ooh, get it. Now, about the original Star Trek, I mean, I've admired it, but I never got into the episodes because I like, dude, who doesn't like Spock? I mean, of course. <laughs> You know, even though I never really watched the all those episodes, I still love Spot. And so, I mean, which is weird, but I will watch that. And I watched Fringe, but not in part because of Spot. But when he came on Fringe, I was like, oh my gosh, what yes! a Nemo! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> exactly! Oh my um, gosh, it was so awesome. But overall, I mean, I've been, you know, since the beginning of Star Trek The Next Generation, I've been a fan since then. And when Picard said it was coming back, Picard was my favorite. When you compare Kirk to Picard, I was like, Picard is just so great, and Captain Kirk will give you space herpes. It's just really, <laughs> right. It was just, you exactly. know, I never cared much for, for Captain Kirk overall. So when they said Picard was coming, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, Picard. And so, 
there we have it. So now <laughs> that's how I got into Star Trek The Next Generation and the end up watching Picard. Oh and was really grateful that I came back. That that that's amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Jim, what about you? How did you get into this Star Trek fandom world? How did you become a Trekkie? Um, you know, the first thing I probably enjoyed in terms of Star Trek was the movies. I'm such a movie girl. I God, I love going to the movies. Always have, always will. I didn't watch a whole lot of the original series. My brother really liked it, so it was on in our household, but I didn't really watch it. I didn't get into it until The Next Generation came out. And when that started, I was like, okay, I think I'm kind of into this. And and it was Picard, honestly. It was it was Picard and his um his leadership style that I I felt a lot more comfortable with. And I liked Data. Data was one of my favorite characters. Oh my um, gosh. Data is my favorite. Actually, I know, right? My my three of uh, out of my three favorite episodes, two of them have data in it, and it is focusing on a story with them. I just I love the episodes with data, and I love what I really liked about it. I think also at the time is that I was I really wanted to be a therapist, and they had her name is escaping me, the therapist on on board with the brown hair. Oh my god, help me, help me, guys! What is um, her- as soon as you said that, I was like, oh my. She her her name just left your head too, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. My point is, my point is, is that what I really appreciated was that in in that series that they were going a lot more into sort of the psychology of exploring these new worlds and meeting these new uh, and and sort of having an impact on the universe. And what that does to you as like a small human. I really appreciated that exploration. I appreciated that Data was exploring what does it mean to be, to have emotions? What does it mean to behave like a human? And I really appreciated that type of exploration that they were doing on top of the fun, let's go to different worlds and different planets and and be ambassadors and that type of thing. So I thought that's what really drew me into um, TNG. And like I said, I really liked the movies. My favorite movie though was the one with the whale. And um, I don't know. And Scotty, I just love Scotty. <laughs> but after that, um, I did kind of I kind of fell off the wagon a little bit because I just had other things going on in my life. And I wasn't I wasn't able to keep up as much with Deanna Troy. Thank you, Stacy. Thank you. Deanna Troy is her name anyway. But I wasn't able to kind of keep up as much. I watched a lot of Deep Space Nine, but I wasn't able to watch it consistently. And um, and then same thing with Voyager. I loved that Captain Janeway was going to be the, was the captain there, but I didn't get to see as many episodes as I wish I had. Now that I have a little bit more, the way that you can watch the shows by binging them is speaking to me. And so I have loved watching Picard. I've loved Discovery. Um, I think they're doing some really cool things with Discovery, but I also, I don't know if you guys have seen Below Decks. Below Decks makes I haven't me yet. Yes. But I've heard it's, I've heard it's hilarious. I thoroughly enjoy watching Below Decks. It is so much of a comedy. It's so much fun. And my husband was a naval officer. Um, He was on submarines. He loves to say that it is essentially a documentary about what really happens on ship. (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, Which is just hilarious to me. So anyway, um, yeah, so we have really enjoyed. Stacey, what were you saying about um, Below Decks? Was that the cartoon? Yes. Yes, but you know, there are actually two cartoons right now on Paramount Plus. Mm. There's one called Star Trek Prodigy. And I think that is a, an animated series. 
but the Star Trek Below Decks, that's the funny one. I don't think Prodigy is funny. So Prodigy, well, Prodigy is funny, but it's it is. it's funny in the way that a kid's show is funny. Yeah. It's very much a children's show. Yeah. And um and okay. I um I mean the rest of Star Trek is appropriate for kids, but this is a this is a children's cartoon. So so made specifically the for them. Yeah. The yeah. main character is a is a young is a young person. One of the characters has a very sounds like a very young girl, kind of even though they're even though the character is like big and fuzzy. That one is very much a very much a show for kids, but I watch it. My husband and I do uh Saturday morning cartoons. So <laughs> and that's fun. like a good Saturday morning cartoon for us. But uh but yeah, Below Decks has much more adult humor. I think it'd be fine for kids to watch, don't get me wrong, but Okay, I'm remembering now a couple episodes that maybe we're not as kid-friendly. Uh, if you want to watch it with your kids, just preview it. Make sure that you're comfortable with the content. <laughs> oh, boy. All righty. But it's one of those things, like, th- there's some site. It's more about sight gags than it is about, like, content of the story. There's def- there's some stuff that's being implied. And if you have young kids, it's going to go straight over their heads and they're not going to notice it at all. Um, so that's what I mean by just kind of watch it before you watch it with your kids and just make sure you're okay with it. So that was, that's kind of how I've gotten into Star Trek and how, how much I've had a good time sort of exploring a lot of the, the new episodes that have come out. When Picard was announced as a new series, I was like, yeah, I'm in, let's watch this. And I enjoyed season one, but season two, and we'll get into this a little bit later, season two definitely like had my attention, partially because I felt really lost for a little while. And then when I figured out what they were doing, I was in a thousand percent. So that's me and my Picard journey. (laughs) Now that you brought it up, let's talk a little bit about Star Trek Picard season two. Let's start with the story itself, because I'm thinking that's what you're referring to the story itself. Um, Yeah. So to me, well, first of all, I feel like there's there's quite a few stories happening. This is one of those shows that I really feel like you need to have some Star Wars or some Star Trek under your belt in order to get it. Like you need to, yes. you don't have to have seen all of the next generation. You kind of need to understand a little bit about how how decisions got made and what Picard was like as a as a leader. You know, there's there's lots of cameos and Easter eggs and things that are in there, but there's also, they're also telling stories that, are much closer, very personal, very individual, alongside sort of this bigger, you know, what's happening in the universe type of a story. Right. And uh, and that's why they had my that's why they had my full attention. Like I said, I liked I liked the Next Generation because it went a little it went a little deeper into the psychology of of exploration, and this one like took it ten levels beyond in terms of, of really exploring the uh, trauma and exploring uh, what's happening in, in somebody's head and what it holds them back from. Stacy, what did you think of the story itself? Initially, it took me a couple episodes to kind of get into it. When they said this is going to be a second season and then they said Q was coming back and then you would have um, Ruby Goldberg and it's gone. So I was like, okay, it's going to be a great show. But it still took me a couple of episodes to get into it. And partially is, even though I like Picard season, I'm not as close to the characters there except for Picard. And maybe Seven, you know, when they first went back, and I'm not sure how far we're going to go into it. Um, as far long. as you want to go into <laughs> it. 
I wasn't really just, I was like, okay, I'm trying to get into it. Um, Cause you know, I want it futuristic and it's like, they're back here <laughs> in this, with all our problems. But I did like the fact that they talked about Picard's and we talk about his mother and that relationship and that trauma that was traumatizing and you know how he misremembered what had really truly happened to her, but that how that formed the kind of captain he was. And if you ever watched the, you know, Star Trek, the original series and you see Picard, um, the next generation on how different Kirk and Picard are in the way they handle things, but also right. in the relationships they had with people. Right. Like I said before, you know, um, with Captain Kirk, you would get space herpes because it was just <laughs> open season for him. Yes, it was. But Picard, he only had like a, I don't even go say a handful, maybe two, you know, people that he came attached to in any kind of deep personal, at least romantic way at that point. He was just, I guess, more cut off, it seems. Now, and you see why up to a point, why is he? cut off in that kind of way it's like he's more it shows that he was like always a caregiver in my opinion and it mm-hmm. that brought to the care later on from his from his mother to the whole galaxy or universe whatever you want to say but you see how that formed him but also how deeply that in some ways in a detriment when it comes to his relationships later on right uh, but at the same time we needed that because that, that's also why he became a great captain but at the same time it was trauma that caused that it's interesting you're mentioning that because it actually intertwines the whole thing like the the whole yes. why he is the way he is is actually what propels the whole external stories you know the external story which the external story is really just it could it could have wrapped up in one whole episode we actually just we didn't delve into picard himself you know the whole thing about the borg is coming and and the borg is trying to defeat this whatever else is coming so the bookends in other words the external story is episode 1 and the last episode, episode 10, everything that kind of comes in between that is just inter- it's, it's like it's intertwined. And the only reason that we can make sense of all of that is that we have to know Picard himself. So we have to go back and look at his backstory, right? And so that's why we are, it's, it's very interesting the way they kind of interwove all of this stuff together. I think I kind of agree Mm -hmm. with you if I'm thinking and if I'm remembering myself correctly. I kind of agree with both of you that I was very much into it, but I was very much confused the first couple of episodes. So I was like, where are we going with this? It also kind of, well, a side note, I watch reruns of this like every night. They're like white noise um, for me. And they're, they're like my downtime, you know, whatever. And so they <laughs> run on one of these other stations, you know, other digital channels that, that you can get. And so, you know, so they run kind of white noise. And there's this one episode near the beginning. It's in season one. I think it's episode three or four. We see his mother when they're with the traveler. When we first meet the traveler in that episode, I don't know if y'all know this one. And they go out very, very far into space. It's so far into space where thought and matter become like what we think we can 
envision it actually comes to life. And so he actually sees his mom on the enterprise or something like that. And his mom is older. I was, I had kind of, I watched that. And so I was like, I thought that was his mother. Is that his grandma? You know, after I kind of, and then I realized, no, that was his mother. We just didn't know that Star Trek Picard season two was going to happen. And so we didn't get into the, a lot of other things other than that, a lot of other things that happened on the Enterprise or that happened in TNG, we now get an explanation, if you will, in this season two. It's like season one was really external, external, but season two is really all about Picard. It's really, it's all about him. And we kind of now understand why he is the way he is. I agree with Stacy in that um, Kurt and Picard are like, they're almost like opposite ends of the spectrum. <laughs> you know, I mean, Kirk is like, yes, let's explore strange new worlds. <laughs> Very personal and up close. I mean, I don't think there's like not one alien. Exactly. And, <laughs> and it just, I was just like, I'm thinking this is not good, but you know He's what? You know, and I, and I, <laughs> actually, this is actually a funny part. I had to, I had to talk about this in Star Date, and so there is actually a little part in Star Date where the hero and the heroine they talk about, you know, who's the whore of the series, <laughs> and it's it's almost like every series has one. Have y'all seen that? Like every series has um, a character that is just kind of like. <laughs> fooling around <laughs> oh <laughs> you know but yeah kirk is the one on his on his um on on tos he's the okay. one picard fact that you know he just kept himself walled off and now we know why that that's it's very enlightening but it's all it also makes sense with actually what is going on now with him and laris you know, because I, I kept wondering, I was in the first season, I kept wondering, well, are they married? And then, no, she was with, I was like, she was there, but they're not married. What's going on there? And then it's like, why can't he kind of get over that? And you, you kind of see that. And so it really is all about Picard. I do want to talk about some of the other characters, you know, some of the other main characters before we talk about Easter eggs, because I consider Q and Gon and Easter eggs. Maybe y'all don't. Do y'all? Or do we want to talk about them? <laughs> One of the first things I was thinking of when it, when it comes to Data and Q and all that is how they bring those into them. Like, you know, because Data is supposed to be an android, so he shouldn't age. And Q is this omnipotent thing, and they shouldn't age. Yes. And I liked how they kind of played that off with Q coming in young with the CGI. It says, oh, you age, Mon Capitan. And then he does his, you know, right. snaps and he ages. I was like, I'm glad y'all did that. Uh, exactly. I was like, <laughs> but he's a god, so they can show that he's aged. And, you yeah. know, and it's funny with Guinan because, you know, with Guinan and, and and see, there's actually a time kind of issue with Guinan because, yeah, in, um, you know, the next generation, it actually was her. It was um, Whoopi's character playing Guinan back when she and they were like with, um, dude, they went back in time. Uh, yes, they went back in time and to they San met Francisco. Guinan, but it was Whoopi playing it. Exactly. So, and it was with, um, Mark Twain. So remember yes. Mark Twain then? Yes. 
And that was a two-part episode when they went back in time. So that's a good one. I like that one. Yeah. It is so good. I was thinking to myself, okay, so why is he then meeting new Ganon like he's Ganon from 2024? Why is he meeting Ganon from 2024 like he's never met Mm -hmm. I don't know. like, Like she's never met him, I should say. Like she's never met him because he can, he knows who that is. She's like, who are you kind of thing, but she should know because she's been on earth forever. And we know that she's been on earth forever because we saw those episodes of TNG, but she also says it in in this season. She also says, you know, she's been there. She's been there long enough where she's now bitter. You know, and that's why she was packing up her, that's why she was packing up her, um, her bar. By the way, y'all, the name of the bar and the, what did y'all think of that? <laughs> 10 forward. <laughs> did, did we think that that was a gimmick or did we think that that was, this is a cool way to kind of explain why we call 10 forward, 10 forward. Yeah. Hey. The connection. Say that again, Jim. I like I liked the connection. Oh, you like there was a connection there. And um, so I appreciated that. I think that it was I, I think that it was uh also sort of meant to be that inside joke for the fans because when Picard looks at where he is, because he sort of appears in this alleyway and he looks up and he goes he, and it says something like forward alley, and then he looks mm-hmm. over and it's 10 and he kind of has a little smile. He's like, Oh, I know where I am. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I thought I, I liked it. Yeah, but I love the cheesy stuff like that. Like the cheesier, the better. <laughs> yeah, <any>, 1000%. What <laughs> did you think, Stacey? Did you say, Oh, this is a gimmick? Oh, no, or what? No, I, mean, I think when you how um, when you do stuff and it brings you back into the old to the old episodes, or you know, you're doing that, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, like, look at that, look at they did. <laughs> yeah, I always think that's good in most cases. I mean, and I really enjoy it. It's like, okay, you give something for the old people who um who've been watching it for a while. Like, <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, and it's also kind of like, um, you know, for me with Easter eggs and stuff, I get giddy because I'm like, I'm a real fan. I know this stuff, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. And it just it just makes you feel good inside that you're like, I picked this out, you know. It's kind of like when you, you know, back in the day when we were watching Marvel movies, I shouldn't say back in the day because Stanley hasn't been gone that long. You know, when you would go to the movies and you would pick out Stan Lee <laughs> in a Marvel movie, you know, it's 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 one of those things, you know, it's kind of, it, it just makes you feel like, oh, wow, the, I, I'm a part of this cool club. Okay, nerdy club, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cool. The nerd club is the cool club. Let's be very clear here. (laughs) Yes, yes. Thank you for who you're talking to. uh, (laughs) I I love the fact that I pick up on the Easter eggs and and even like on the first watch, if I pick up an Easter egg on the first watch, I'm like, look at me being awesome over here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I love it too. Um, I love picking up picking that up too but getting back to kind of the time thing yeah I mean it was a it was a little bit of a weird time thing with Ganon that that got to me you know I don't know if it got if y'all thought the same or maybe I'm just thinking about it too much I thought the thing with Q this whole CGI thing with Q was just 
amazing. That was so cool. That was cool. It's like, let me catch up. And I'm like, well, that to and it totally makes sense with the character because, you know, he's omnipotent. He can do that. Oh, he and, thought he was omnipotent. Well, right. Thought he was omnipotent. But um, but yeah, with Guinan, it's it's a little weird. And then she does make a a comment about, you know. I know how humans are about aging, so I wanted to age a little bit along with y'all. And I'm thinking, Whoopi, you still don't look <laughs> 25 years older. <laughs> Let's be honest. Picard looks like he has gotten older, definitely. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I guess with Whoopi too, and with her, with with the Guinan character. She's supposed to be like what five hundred years old now, or something like that. Something insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the other characters um, that we saw in this one, and also, you know, now that we're talking, you know, characters that are coming back, kind of, in, in certain ways. It's so funny with this because I've always felt like, and I don't know if y'all feel the same way, but I've always felt like at the end of Star Trek Nemesis, the movie, mm -hmm. where Data is destroyed in that movie, I, for some reason, I remember him saying in an interview or something that Data, you know, because Data doesn't age, we've got to kill off this character, you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, because I'm aging, you know, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. He didn't say it like that. At the end of season one, Data's character says, Picard, please let my conscience die. So we're thinking that we're not going to see Data again, right? Or or anything like that. But we get here Brent Spiner playing a predecessor of um, of Sung. What do we think about that a predecessor of Sung who evidently at the end has a Project Con folder? Did y'all see that? I saw that. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> But, um, yes, I know, right? <laughs> I was just what? freaking out. And and you know, like Khan's name, you know, it's Khan Noonien Singh, you know, and it's like, mm -hmm. oh my God, oh my God, we got to crack. You know, I just, I just about died. But what do we think about that, y'all? What do we think about seeing all these soon characters? You know, first of all, I'm just going to say Brent Spiner to play all these characters. Why didn't this man get an Emmy at some point? So, <laughs> I mean, or did he? I mean, and I missed I it. He did, but I think uh, I mean, if you want to give something by playing multiple things, it'll be the person who played on um, what was that? What's that show? Blab. I just talked about that show, The Girl and the Clones. She should be getting an Emmy for that. But for him, he's done that before. Because remember, in the original series, he's played his maker before and his brother. Right. So, he played. Oh, he played his. He played his maker. He played, he his, played brother. his brother. Remember in that episode where the holodeck was messed up because they had plugged data into. Um, mm. And he played like five different characters on that show. 
that it was like five different characters, including a female character, played it on that show because Data was supposed to have replicated like throughout the system because they had this glint. It, it's just amazing. I mean, first of all, it's amazing. But second of all, uh, what are we thinking about? I guess this is more like a little bit of a, what are we thinking about Data's, well, not Data. What are we thinking about the Soon character in season two? And say that again. His daughter or the his or his character in there. His character and his daughter's character. Because his daughter's character is actually also a return character from sort of from season one, right? We see mm-hmm. an iteration of her in season one. So what do we think about that? The family has strong genes. We all look like <laughs> Right. They're all the way back there. Know what they like, they just go for it. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is a good model. We're fine. No need to change mm-hmm. it up. Yeah. <laughs> I you know, I think that, you know, in general, she's a really cool actor. But what did y'all think about her becoming a traveler at the end? Did y'all remember that? I saw that and I remember like, okay, she's gonna well, so I was glad she had something to see her more because really, I, I don't think they evolved her character a whole lot during this whole season because for a while there, I forgot about her. I really did. Yeah. <laughs> but I think she could be really interesting just because of the fact of who she is and what her father, I guess in quotation marks, is. And I, I mean, I'm not sure how I, w- I want to see the Travelers, but I kind of want to at least see how that starts off if that becomes a, a thing. Overall, I mean, I wasn't as interested in their storyline once I started getting into the other one. I mean, I we did need, I want to say Data's, Data's daddy. Uh, we did need to see his character, but I wasn't as interested in that storyline. Right. What interest, you know, I'm, I'm thinking for me, what interested me most about that storyline was the very end where we saw that project mm-hmm. on. <laughs> yes. And I was like, oh, yes, that's what it, so that's why they kept it in here. Yes. Right. I was like, I mean, oh you... my gosh, Easter egg. Not just yeah. Easter egg, but Easter egg. And I wonder if this is going someplace. You right, know? So, I mean, if you think about, like, if you if you watched um, it's The dark. New Horizons, The yeah. New Horizons, they, I don't know, they refer, I haven't, I have to watch it again. If they refer to that, they talk about engineering and genetically engineered race of, race of, genetically yeah. people and how that was outlawed and that yeah. made me think so is this is you know did con and him starting that whole thing start that up because it does have a thing in the um if you watch the um, new horizons about that have you watched that Ooh, I, mean, I know you talked about right. it you watched. i i have it I, yeah i haven't got connection. i have it right it's outlawed then yeah. yeah. And I was like, so is this why it's been outlawed? Because that mean because of what he's going to do now? I mean, what he's going to do with Khan, but also what he did with his daughter. But once he goes even further with, uh, you know, we know the wrath of Khan is going to come. Right. Is that why that whole thing has been outlawed? Yeah. See, I, I haven't watched that far into it, but in Star Trek Into Darkness, when they, the reboot of TOS, mm-hmm. you know, with Chris Pine and Zachary Pinto as Spock and all of them. Mm-hmm. So in Into Darkness, you know, Khan is in that one. And mm-hmm. they did mention that part of Khan's backstory, if you're not a TOS person, or if you didn't see Wrath Khan or whatever, 
they give you that whole backstory of the reason why Khan is there and Khan's people and the fact that yes, he was genetically engineered and yes, he was part of that. And that is part of the reason why they outlawed it. And so to see this happen in season two, it's like, are we going to see the beginning of this, this genetically? Mm -hmm. Because they've been kind of back and forth between movies and series and all this other kind of stuff. They've been talking about it. You know, even, of course, on DS9, you know, Bashir is genetically engineered and, you know, his dad went to jail for it. You you always kind of, you see that, like, go between the series and, you know, different things. And so it's like, are we finally going to get, like, that whole genetically engineered story? Is that going to end up being a story of its own? You know, you kind of wonder that. I don't know. What do y'all think? Let me also, I mean, I do want to hope they go into it because that also explains some things for me about when they show us stuff like the mental illness, stuff like that. So it's like, well, didn't they just get rid of that? And it's like, no, because they outlawed bioengineering and stuff like that. So people would still be born with issues, you know? Right. With the, you know, so that kind of explains to me yeah. whatever Dr. Sun is going to be doing to um to make bioengineering um illegal. But I mean, that has wide-ranging effects because of what he's doing. I mean, they've stopped progress on a lot of things. Because you would have thought that right. the whole thing with mental illness would have been gone the best if they could do, you know, something about that. Or did they ever say how Jordan LaForge lost his sight? Was he born like that? Yes, he was born like that. And they actually and you would say that in the first episode, in the first PowerPoint episode. And you would have thought, hey, they'd have fixed that in, in the, you know, before he was, even, you know, but now you know why they don't do that. Right, exactly. Because technically, if we're looking at the timeline, Khan and all of them, they've had at least a couple of generations or whatever. I mean, it's been outlawed. The fact that Bashir is is there and, and the, the motley crew of folks that he had on those couple of episodes that were... They were mentally messed up. They were there. They were there because it had already been outlawed. So upstanding people like Jordy LaForge's parents, who were both Starfleet officers, and I think both of them were captains, they would not have put their kids through any kind of genetic engineering. So that's why he's blind. And even Picard's mom, she after that had happened after they outlawed the genetic engineering because that was supposed to have come you're saying that they're saying that in in strange new worlds now yeah, it had so already I mean, been outlawed prequel, yeah that, that's the prequel so it had been outlawed long before long before the character they talked about born. The, the, yeah yeah the character they talked about she's an adult and so it's like yeah. so it had been outlawed before then so it was it had to been outlawed early, but right. I see think, why I think they outlawed. said, I'm, I'm not going to start doing it. You need a timeline. Yeah, I'm not going to start doing timelines because you know I want to. You know <laughs> I want to. I'm not going to start doing timelines, but for some reason, I'm thinking genetic engineering was after those of uh, the whole World War Three thing that Q talks about in the very first Farpoint episode or whatever, where they do the trials or whatever. So that... That was supposed to happen in 22nd century. And I think in the, at, at the end of the 22nd century, then it's supposed to be con and genetic engineering or whatever. It's supposed to be in that same century, which is supposed to be before the enterprises. Because mm -hmm. I think the enterprises are in the third 
23rd century. You know, don't get me started with that. See, yeah, you want to see nerdy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm completely out of my depth on this one. I got to tell you. No, I want to go, but I want to, but I kind of want to come at it from a different direction just to say that, that there's folks maybe that have access to the, to, to some of that genetic engineering and have it as an option for themselves or for their kids. And then other people might make a different choice because ultimately Picard's parents, you know, live on a, live on a vineyard, right? Mm -hmm. So they may not have been terribly interested in, in that type of thing. Now, I do think that genetic engineering is very different though than mental health. And I think that there was help available, but she wouldn't go. And that was the deal with his mom because the dad mentions Mm -hmm. a couple of times that about getting help for her and you know this is better we are here because this is better for you and he's trying to like to to move forward but ultimately she is the one that is refusing care which is very common in folks that have depression so I think that's kind of where where that difference is that she could have gotten more help if she had agreed to it but he wasn't gonna like force her it on her right then she he, he gave her agency which you know, you can argue maybe that was the wrong choice, but, but ultimately, I mean, adults get to decide whether they have, they have healthcare or not healthcare. So. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that was the whole point with, with um, Picard's mom is that she did not want to get the help that she could have gotten. Mm-hmm. I think she was, a, she had depression, but I also think that she was bipolar as well i could see that you know she because yeah she had those a few episodes where it was like she was like really happy and she was you know playing the games and stuff with him and everything and i think i was i think she has you know she had some bipolar issues this actually the whole genetic engineering and and mental health and everything it kind of brings me to some of the societal issues and season two, we see so many societal issues in season two. And one of those is focusing on mental health with the mother character and the fact that, you know, I think, yes, she has, was obvious she has depression, but I also think that she has some bipolar issues. But also, there are a few other societal things that we see here. And part of the reason why we see some of these societal things is because of the story. Because they end up going back to 2024, which is still in the future for us at this point. But (laughs) because they go back to 2024, right before they go back, we see an alternate version of what could have happened if Picard had chose differently and that that alternate version has is rife with xenophobia mm-hmm. they also have they also mention the environment is they don't do it blatantly but they do mention this is why there's this grid around the earth or whatever you see this little bits of like a grid and it's kind of going up in smoke a little bit and it's because they patch the ozone layer instead of fix the ozone layer. And so, right. you know, it brings up, okay, they're making a commentary about 
the environment and about climate change. And they're also making a commentary, which was disturbing for me, but not the first time it has been done on Star Trek, this commentary about xenophobia. So what did y'all think about how they addressed that, considering that these are big issues for us right now? And these are just two of them. We're going to go through a lot of a lot more of them. But what did you think about just those two at first? I think it was strange to see that there was so much for a for a world that we would recognize as as having all this exploration to see what happened when they um when they were fearful of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to see, uh, and to see how a character that we would have, you know, we think that we know Picard, but Picard is ultimately, and the rest of us are too, right? We're we're the result of of how we were raised in the world that we're raised in. So that 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 he would have been a person that is full of hate because he was raised in a place that was full of hate. That that was the expectation. That that was the norm. I think it. I I think it makes a really uh, good comment on on this idea that that we have this opportunity to choose the people that we become based on on what we surround ourselves with and so ultimately he he was surrounded by all this hatred and therefore became a person that was full of hate so but when he was surrounded by you know he had certainly trauma and tragedy in his past but when he surrounded himself with uh and opened himself up to people that were different than him he uh, he was somebody who was very open and accepting to people that were different than him. You know what I mean? So it's kind of a- Yeah. Stacy. what did you think about issues that they brought, these two particular ones? Well, when I was, when I first watched it, you know, I thought about here currently in the world, black, white, brown, I mean, just all the different races and how we're always, I'm not, when I say we are always, but I mean, just like everybody is, you know, against this, against that, against this. But then, you know, if you watch any other alien movie and when they come down to attack us, we all get together as one and we're all together in brotherhood, that kind of thing, <laughs> right. to defeat the enemy. To me, it's the same thing as in, but they've created the enemy as any outside, even if they're not really an enemy, they're just different. Now the Federation is not, you know, reaching out to hug each other, you know, to reaching out across the galaxy like, you know, we are the galaxy. So, like, you know, we're the world without a galaxy. It's, you know, I'm putting, you know, my foot on your neck because we're humans and we rule this shit. I mean, that was a startling change, but I could see how that could be twisted. I mean, all it takes really is fear of the other. Yes. And people will start to, we need to push this down. We need to do this. You know, we don't want them coming over here or, you know, showing us all this Vulcan crap. We don't need that, you know. Right. You know, it's just how easily that can turn. And you, and I mean, you're watching that and like, he's, and you, if you compare that to like, dude, that was like one. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure how far, how many, um, how many years between Star Trek, the original series, it's supposed to be Star Trek, the next generation, if they're kind of going by the same canon. When did that mm-hmm. happen? Did that happen under Picard's watch? They became, you know, the, the, I guess, Earth Nazis at this point? Or did that, was that always a federation? Did it, did that change because of Picard's upbringing and then that became it? Or was it early? And maybe I missed that. But they didn't, what, what they the, didn't really connect that, the alter, yeah. that alternate timeline to the timeline that we know. They yeah, didn't yeah. really do that connection. 
But I mean, but I just the kind it, of the way they set it up, it, it was like Picard kind of fueled this whole thing. But that was, but you don't really know. They didn't really specify. It's just they focused on him because it's his show. So I don't know. yeah, but I mean, I think it's just fear mongering, and you just once you pick the target, people find it. If you make it fearful, people will turn like that. And I don't, yeah. and there are people who will will hopefully stand up for it or stand up against it rather <laughs> from at least the last few years. You see how fast that can happen of just being, it's a us versus them mentality. Right. And how, you know, and then if we have, you would think that the better or the more advanced we've become that it would, we'd be less like that, but Seeing that did not really give me warm fuzzies about <laughs> right. because, yeah. you know, but at the same time, it was like realistic, more realistic, I guess, than anything else that, that just because we may advance in society or, you know, if we don't do something, it will just be more advanced technology wise, but doesn't mean that on other issues, we are have advanced unless right. we work at it. But. Right. It's, it's like, We've advanced in technology, but not advanced in moral certitude mm-hmm. or whatever. I, I think for me, I, I kind of have a, a two-part kind of feeling. For, first off, I feel very much like like both of you. It's like seeing this is is really it was almost too real. And you know, because this is also on Paramount Plus, I'm gonna make a quick plug, but. The Good Fight is also on Paramount Plus, and I happen to be also watching The Good Fight kind of at the same time. And there's some seasons of that. There's the the last couple of seasons that they've been doing is well, actually, the whole series, the political climate mirrors what is actually going on politically right now. To see that happen on The Good Fight and and in real life, that kind of xenophobia stuff and then to see it on you know one of my favorite shows and my favorite nerdy franchise is very eye-opening and and striking and it's 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 bothersome it really bothers me the other the other part or the other way i see this and 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 all the other societal commentary that they do in this in this series is Star Trek has never shied away from bringing what's going on in society into the story. They, they're they like, it's quintessential science fiction. That That's a lot of what science fiction does anyway. It's just, it gives, you know, you're looking at it and you're thinking aliens and, you know, whatever. Um, but inside but really the stories are very human it's a very human concept and a lot of times people have to people have to view something as something totally different in order to get it right in order to understand hey this is a warning (laughs) this is not the way to go (laughs) you know kind of thing um and star trek tng in my opinion was was amazing at it to me, DS9 was all about religion and religious tolerance and war. And Voyager was a lot about the environment. Um, <clears throat> but environment and, you know, about social relations as well. But TNG, to me, touched on a lot of these societal topics. And 
just went went at them head on and this is one of the ones that yes it went at it went at it head on um also another nerdy moment so even though i haven't watched a lot of the original series there is this one episode where kirk and um uhura and there's uh i think scotty but uh a few of them from the enterprise go uh get caught on some planet and they end up going into this alternate reality where kirk is a general and immediately when i saw picard as this general you know people were amazingly violent it kind of took me back to that tos episode like and that episode was kind of like a very xenophobic episode and, and and actually they were saluting they were doing a hitler's like salute in that episode you know just to kind of shed that light on this is not a good thing right this is what you're headed to kind of thing you know i get i get the whole canon of it and i get the appreciation of it but i also get the wow i didn't really need to see this right now <laughs> kind of feeling um so you know everybody go vote um but anyway <laughs> you know these are just kind of two of the societal issues that we see but then when we go to when they end up going back in time because that's how they fix everything that's going on they end up going back in time we also see some other societal issues captain rojas is that his name anyway when they end up okay yes chris um so yes when when they end up going back Sorry, in time yes. and they captain end up rojas. getting beamed down uh -uh. to earth chris? los angeles 2024 yeah. um captain rojas um who is from uh, South America. I think his people, no, his people are from South America. Um, but anyway, um, Chile, okay, good. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I know it's a South American country. Good, thank you. So they, um, you know, he ends up somehow getting hurt. He oh, yes, I, I remember how he got Chile. hurt. He ended up, when he materialized, he materialized um, off of a fire escape or something and or something like that. Anyway, so he ended up getting hurt and ended up going to this clinic that was actually helping um, immigrants and ICE raided the clinic. So you've also got societal issues here. When they go back to 2024, you've also got more in your face actually even more in your face than than looking at it from alternate universe we've got it right here right now immigration ice raids so what do we think about kind of how they're doing this we've got ice raids we've got you know mental health issues going on you know what do we think about all the societal issues that we have coming up all these other issues that we have coming up especially the one about immigration because they did several episodes about that uh, well i kind of thought <laughs> it's the empathy of what it's going to be like in that alternative re reality really right um, and i was just thinking that was to me that's what it was it was just this is how you can you can get to that you know it's just instead of people coming to this country being the you know the aliens coming in it's going to be real you know different uh, aliens and we're just switching it up. 
certain people in power, you need to have somebody to, for them to fear and then have and we hate together, you know. That is an interesting way to look at it. Jim, what did you think? So I was thinking that um if we look at if we look at ice and that fear that we have of of folks who are different. And you can definitely see the connection between that and what that alternate reality became, right? There's the uh what is her name? Renee. Yes. Character, you know, the idea is that they they have to save her exploration, right? We have to make sure that she's on that she's on that flight so that when they go and explore and they find the I think they call it a bacteria or something, but they yes. they find something out in space that that is a we'll call it a comfortable small item that they can find, but it gives them respect for what might be living out in space. And uh, that whole idea that if she wasn't there, that we wouldn't have had that type of an, of an introduction. And maybe that's why the, uh, you know, that there, it becomes a whole, like the whole planet becomes more xenophobic. Right. So we see how, when we see how ice is treating a person who is, well, he's literally an alien. He's literally like not from this world, but, right. <laughs> but when we see, when we see that behavior and we see that sort of reflected back on us about what is allowed, you know, even now when we're in theory and sort of this a little bit more innocent sort of a time. And I agree with you. I think that's something that Star Trek has always done a really good job of and something that sci-fi in general is able to do is, uh, is sort of create these situations. And because you put, because you put them in, in the place of aliens, as opposed to in the place of, of, you know, modern day people, then it, it removes you just a little bit, but you can, so you can comment on it in a way that, and makes it a little bit more approachable and you can ignore it if you want to you can sort of keep your keep your head in the in thinking oh this is just pretend this is just something that happens you know in in pretend world versus actually putting that mirror up in front of in front of yourself and in front of the the society that we live in and recognizing that this is a commentary on what we how we currently live and the way that we currently treat people right right exactly and stacy yeah well, I was going to say that that fear and stuff, even when it's not something you need to fear, because we saw that in the, um, who was it, that that police officer that got Picard and... Um, right, Wells, him. the agent that, yeah, um, and, yeah he had this experience when he was a boy. Yeah. Boy, and it caused a lot of fear and anxiety, you know, fear in him of the other, of the aliens. And I was like, oh. <laughs> right. And how... But it really wasn't something. I mean, they were just coming there to make observations, you know, put a tag on some on some people to, um, for later. But, you know, they were just there to see, you know, they weren't there for anything nefarious because they were Vulcans. But that fear that he had as a child and they were trying to do this to my head. And it's like, well, they're trying to just even remember it. <laughs> and they totally botched that up. Whoever that was needs to be fired. Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> But that fear stayed with him for the rest of his life that he was about, you know, the next, if he was a little bit more just fearful and hateful, he was like, you know, vivisection. We let's cut these them up because they're not he, they're not he. Right. Um, he was to, to me, it was like it was just enough. He's just enough to to believe and wanted to prove that he whatever, at least it wasn't so fearful enough that. He was able to believe Picard when he said they were not trying to do anything evil. And you were right. You were not a, you know, crazy kid. You were right. There was somebody here. They're Vulcans and they weren't whatever. So 
So, I mean, but it was how close he was to the edge of he could have been, I don't care what the reason you came here for, you're an alien, let's cut him open, you know, as we always see with, you know, E.T. and all that. Let's, we're going to study you. But he was still at least open-minded enough to let Picard, let them go. Yeah, um, right. And destroy his career in the process, too. <laughs> right, exactly. That's what I Yeah, good No, true. Ah. So, he was on that edge, and he at least went on the... At least he stayed on the. He didn't go off the edge because because that could have gone very wrong. <laughs> that could have gone very wrong. Yes, but yeah. So kind of getting pulling it all full circle, you know, Star Trek, like a lot of science fiction stuff, as we said, it does it does show us kind of what could happen if we take certain paths. It shows more of the human condition than you think that it shows or then that it sees on the outside. And of course, as this is Nerdy Romantics podcast, that's why there's always a good romance somewhere in there in sci-fi that's not very far away. And that's why these two things go together, even though you don't think that they go together. What do we think about the relationships of people in general, first of all? Did, who did we like? Let, let's, let's do it like this. Who did we like seeing together? Who did we not like and who did we think was just disturbing or wh what do we think about the different relationships going on here? This just kind of aside. Well, I didn't find anything disturbing. I'm yeah. nothing disturbing. I love romance. So, <laughs> I just, you know, I just want everybody to be happy well, with their person and the, the <laughs> whoever they're with. So I would say that, so the Seven and Rafi thing, you know, they weren't together at the beginning, right? I mean, Seven is literally just sort of out, out there, uh, fighting on her own and and very much a loner and all that kind of thing. And, um, and I and there's a whole there's a whole commentary there about similar in a different way than Picard does, but she has to accept who she is and kind of has to understand that she is not damaged goods. She is loved because of who she is, not in spite of what she's been through. And uh, so I thought that was, a, that was a great thing. And when we met Rafi first, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think with the first time we meet Rafi in the first season, she is also living alone in like a, mm -hmm. in like a trailer Trailers. in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, in a trailer. Yeah. Exactly. And, exactly. And, and, and drunk. She's very yes. drunk all the time. There's a lot of, she clearly has a lot of issues so that she has come around for full circle to be in a position where she feels parental about this. Oh God, what's his name? Uh, um, Arun? No, Arun. No, I don't know why I want to say Endor, but that's not right. It's close to it's closer to Endor. Endor. Okay, you guys know who I'm talking about. But she feels parental about him, and is she's back in uniform? Like she has, she has re-entered society right and elnor and so, it's elnor elnor thank you so she has re-entered society from a place where she was alone and in her own way on you know bottom of the barrel right so i think that that is a beautiful um relationship where they have um found each other and found found in in each other people that respect the respect themselves that respect the journey that that person has been on and, um, and find that love. So I thought that was a, I thought that was a great love story. And then there's, we've got the Picard and, um, Laris. 
and Larry, thank you. Oh my God. I clearly should have written down everybody's name. I am the worst. <laughs> I should have too. I am the just worst with names. I can never remember titles. This is a whole problem for me. All right. A little bit of insight into, into Jen and her issues. But we but we have uh, we have Laris and Picard feeling uh that he he can't dive in, right? That he can't be that person. Can we just give it up for a you know an an older romance that yeah right picard is i don't know what he, exactly age he is but there's a comment by guinan i think that she he's pushing a hundred and yes. what he realizes is that it's not too late for him to find a person that it that he can be with and and i think that's a beautiful thing not only for for picard being you know a hundred but but for anyone to just kind of be like, you know, you don't need to be alone for the rest of your life. Find somebody that that brings you joy and and be joyful together, right? Right, exactly. I um and I love that about them. And I love that it's, you know, with Laris, I think her husband died or something. And um also there's also the commentary of you know, Romulans, we don't feel love like that. We can bring love into our heart again. So it's kind of like a, it's also like, you know, saying it's okay to love again, you know, after, you know, if you've lost someone, it's it's okay to, to, to have that moment. The Picard, on Picard's side, I like that he's opened his heart or he's trying to open his heart to this person. But I also like on Laris's side that she gives kind of that explanation and it's more so for the watcher than necessarily for her because she's already gotten to that point where she can love again, right? So she's already gotten to that point, but it's more for the watcher saying it's okay to love again kind of thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, um, I, I'm just going to say about Rafi and uh, Seven, well, kind of in the beginning, maybe in the second episode no it oh i think it was the first no it had to no it wasn't the first episode yeah it was the first episode the first episode is like they are not they're definitely not together but it's it's like rafi likes seven maybe more than seven is likes <laughs> rafi you know it, it's kind of like she has a crush rafi has a crush kind of going on Yes, they are not together because Seven is very much that Fenris Ranger. I want to be by myself. I'm better alone kind of thing. She's got that going on very much in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And and kind of like you're saying with Elnor, you know, Rafi has already, she did that in season one. And now she's in the nurturing kind of mode. She's in that mode where I, I see a future, you know, together kind of thing. But my feeling is I'm just glad she didn't end up with Chakotay. I'm sorry. I, that was the one thing I hated about Voyager is that in the, you know, kind of <laughs> in the end, she was supposed to be with Chakotay and I, I did not like that pairing at all. Everybody that's a Trekkie fan knows why, especially if you... <laughs> Especially if you're out there with the with the Trekkie flash fiction kind of stuff. Everybody's been trying to get Janeway and Chakotay together for years. So 
that's kind of the thing and they did almost get together remember there was this one episode where they did almost get together you know when they were stranded on this planet because they both had got bitten by this this bug or whatever on this planet and they had this virus voyager had to leave them there on that planet and so they it kind of evolved from being, you know, captain and first officer to, you know, being Catherine and whatever Chakotay's first name is. I can't remember. But anyway, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, we thought that they were going to get together, but they did not get together. You know, if you're in any Reddit groups or anything like that or or out there, you've seen it. You, you know, (laughs) Or if you just, or if you just do a Pinterest search, you you'll oh see God. you'll you'll see some nice photos, right? You'll, you'll, right. Or, or some nice images out there. So here's uh, our progression, right? We've got Kurt, <laughs> which will sleep with with Everybody. anyone on any planet, and then we've got Picard, who is who is completely closed up in terms of of his love and his body, Pretty and then much. we've got then we've got. Uh, you know, we've got Janeway and we've got and DS9, which really didn't uh, go into a whole lot of relationship type situations. They they didn't then, have a lot of relationship type situations because and I think part of it was they were very focused on that whole religious thing. But the whole Odo pining for um, Kira for like ever. Yeah. Yeah, there's some pining. After he finally gets her, he ends up going back to his people. I'm like, you dumped her. You realize you just did that, right? Right, exactly. (laughs) But then, right, then we go to, uh, what is it, Strange New Worlds? Strange New Worlds, like, what is that? First 15 minutes, we know that, that, uh, what's his name is, is, has got a- Archer. Yeah, yeah. Like- we went straight back into, I don't know if it's the yep. yellow shirt. I think it's a yellow shirt thing. <laughs> yeah, it might be a yellow shirt thing. It might be a yellow shirt thing because you know the red shirt thing with the with the older, with the with the pre-TNG Star Trek. The red shirt is bad. The yellow shirt, yeah. The yellow shirt, the yellow shirt man, that means that you can sleep with whoever you want to sleep with. Yeah, right, exactly. That, that, that yellow <laughs> shirt does it, you know. Because Archer, Archer does all right. You know, Archer does okay in that series. Well, that's a whole other episode again, but uh, but Archer's doing just fine. He's taking care of him. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I got us distracted. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'll, but, uh, I'm always here to talk about romance though. So. <laughs> I know you are, Jen. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so I, I love the... I love the way the the re- we see different facets of different relationships here. I will say the one disturbing thing, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you don't think this is a love relationship, is Dr. Gerardi and the Borg Queen. I'm sorry. I think there was a little bit of obsessive love thing going on there. Maybe Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that was kind of it was kind of bordering on unhealthy <laughs> a little bit. Oh, well, first of all, it's clearly <laughs> unhealthy. This is a Borg queen. Let's, all right. Let's yeah. Right. But I don't know. I don't I, mm, that to me was more about like creating a partnership, not it wasn't it never yeah, like, it never felt romantic to me. No, it felt like some sort of symbiotic relationship. I mean, it was it was not to me romance, a romantic relationship. It was slip simply companionship it's like they both 
needed something. And needed they talk somebody. about how maybe a how, codependence. Yeah, that's why I was thinking codependency. I was yeah. like, it's walking, talking codependency there because they did need each other. The Borg Queen is a Borg Queen. I mean, it's like that whole colony, you know, mentality while the other. Um, and I can never say her name. What is her name? Um, Gerardi. Gerardi. Uh, and of Gerardi. course, my, yeah. my um, clock goes off. So let me, y'all talk amongst yourselves as I meet myself. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Gerardi. But um, the other relationship that we kind of see, kind of a we, uh, a relationship that we kind of see happen is um, Captain Rojas and the doctor that he meets in 2024 um, and how that relationship comes about. And I, I really like that. To me, that kind of was, if it, in my opinion, that was the healthiest relationship on the show. Is that just me? Or is that the healthiest relationship on the show? I liked, I liked them together. I did. I totally liked them together. Yeah, um, and I, I think it's the most vanilla, I guess, <laughs> yeah. out of it. It's just stuff that we see a lot more of, you know, single mom and a guy, you know, I think, I mean, it's it's a Hallmark movie. So yes. <laughs> it so it's not something that you are used to Especially when, the boy, when <laughs> the boy does the cake, when he's like, I want cake. Yeah. I want, this is so Hallmark movie. With movie. I mean, that is for that oh, one there. And I mean, I did the other uh, seven. I really, I really didn't notice it. I mean, it was just something like, oh, they are together. And that kind of thing. I didn't really notice the romance part of most of it at all, for whatever reason. The only thing I did notice, we, because y'all were talking about um, Captain Picard and Laris. And I was like, the only thing I noticed is like, mm, she's close to being age appropriate for him. Right. Um, yeah. And I said, you know, I'm just saying, you know, in theory for TV stuff, because technically yes. speaking, she, he, is, he is still 20 years older than her. She is at least in her 60s versus. Hey, you know, Kathy Picard and the 21 year old that he's seeing now that he, he found love right. with someone new, you know. So I was, I was glad of that when I saw that. I was like, oh. But you know, I will say for the very few relationships that Picard had, they were always age appropriate versus yeah, like Riker always yeah. wants some young, nubile woman. Yeah. <laughs> And then keeping Deanna Troy on. <laughs> Deanna Troy's mother. I love that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> so fun. But um, but yeah, so um I, I just wanted to throw out the little romance part in there since we were talking characters. But I, you know, before we go or whatever, I want to talk a little bit about Easter eggs. There's so many Easter eggs in here from different series and just, and we talked a lot about them, um, about them here. So we won't get into all of them. We won't really talk all of them, but uh, tell me what was your favorite Easter eggs? Jen, what about you? Some Something that stuck out and you were like giddy cause you were a Trekkie, you were a fan. Okay, controversial opinion, but I really enjoy the Q episodes. A lot of people don't like them. A lot of people don't. I love them. <laughs> um, you know, they were because they're they're very different. 
but I always really enjoyed the Q episodes. And so I really, uh, I was just really glad that Q was there, which isn't an Easter egg. I mean, he's kind of a big character in the, in the show, but, um, but I really enjoyed that. Okay. Come back to me. Cause there was something on the tip of my tongue and now I can't think of what it was. Okay. I'll come back. Um, Stacy, what about you? What were your favorite Easter eggs? I mean, I like the end when they had the, he brought out the file that said con. And I was yes. like, yes. But um, I thought, and I was, I meant to stop it and to rewind and turn on the closed captioning to see if they actually said that. But they actually, um, I think when they were in the alternate world, that alternate, you know, reality, and Seven was walking with her husband talking about something, it was like, and we need so and so, so and so from Commando. I think he said Commando Cisco. And I was like, this is Cisco? You know, yes, oh. yes, General and was, Cisco. Yes. General did it. And I was like, what? And, and yes. that did was one of those it things. Did. Like, are they going to bring him in? Are we going <laughs> to? I know. I was, but, you know, and at, but at that point, too, I was like, please don't bring him in. I was like, I was like, oh, this is going to be cool if they bring him in. But then at the same time, I was like, please don't bring him in at this point because they were at like the height of the xenophobia at that point. And I'm thinking a black general, I, I don't know. It just didn't ring right with me. But yes, I felt it too. <laughs> Jen, do you remember the one you were thinking? No, that's okay. <laughs> So, so maybe some of these will jog your memory. So right, some yeah. of them, some of them that I was, uh, that I thought, yay, were well, not necessarily yay, but I was kind of giddy. So when they were talking in the when um, Picard was in the alternate episode, uh, alternate universe, excuse me, when he was in the alternate universe, they are walking through his. The trophy room. Chateau, right, the trophy room. So the first thing you see is you see this this picture of the stargazer, which, by the way, the ship that they were on in the first and last episode was called the stargazer. Everybody remembers the stargazer was Picard's first command. Um, that was his first time he was captain, was on the stargazer. But you also see this picture of the of a, the stargazer. You know what? It it didn't dawn on me at the time, but something you know made me think he had on TNG. He had a picture of the stargazer, but it wasn't a picture. He had a model of it. When you first come in his ready room, there's a model of the stargazer there. Of course. Everybody, when they're thinking ready room, they're thinking about that big fish that he had in the tent, <laughs> but, but which is cool. But um, he also had like a model of the stargazer in his ready room, and I was like, that that's where I got that from. But um, it's that. But the other thing that had me kind of giddy in a bad way is that in this alternate universe, because humans are, you know, because they're xenophobic and they're like humans you know are it um they're killing off all these other people and so he had these skulls of people that he had killed off and some of the skulls were one was gold ducat skull mm -hmm. one was general martok's skull and one was Sarek's skull and everybody knows Sarek is spock's dad and actually on TNG, there were a couple of episodes with Sarek and, and, and Picard had a mind mail with Sarek and he actually got closer to Sarek 
through that mind meld than Spock ever got with his dad because he never melded, had a mind meld with his dad. I was like the juxtaposition of seeing, of hearing them say, you know, one of these skulls is Sarek's skull. I'm like, the Picard that we know would never do this. The other thing is, as far as being a Trekking, as far as being Giddy, we hear the General Cisco and also Martok was DS9, which, you know, is kind of, um, with DS9, DS9 is, is kind of, when you think about TNG, DS9 is kind of like that black hole in the middle. You know, there can be a connection with Voyager, you know, because of Seven and Seven being a Borg and Picard also being a Borg when he was Locutus, we have that connection there. But you really don't necessarily get that connection with the DS9 stuff. They have to kind of force bring that in because if you think about it with DS9 when when Cisco in the very beginning when Cisco got put on the station you know he got put on the station because his wife died because Wolf 359 and all that stuff and he does not like Picard at all so there's not a lot of interaction there the fact that Martok was one of the skulls there, that that was, I think that was kind of a way, and Gold Ducat being one of the skulls, of course, that was a kind of a way to bring DS9 in um, that doesn't seem weird. And then the whole General Cisco thing. I'm not sure if we talked about this while we were recording, but just in case we didn't, we talked about 10 forward offline. Maybe we talked about it when we were recording. If we did, I'll probably edit this out. When we flash back to 2024, we see Guinan is at this bar in Los Angeles and the bar is named 10. And 10 is actually on Forward Avenue. And so that is kind of a connection between TNG's bar that Guinan is over 10 forward. I, I was just, I was really giddy about that too. That's what it was. No, that 10 was, forward. Oh, it was 10 forward. <laughs> and I, it was, it made me so giddy when I saw that. Um, cause they, cause it wasn't, it wasn't sort of immediately obvious. Cause it was, there was like a plaque on one side that was about like forward Avenue or forward. I thought it was alley, like the yeah. like alleyway. Um, and then the number 10 above the, above yeah. the door. Yeah. And actually and, they yeah. have like this plaque on it, this plaque kind of under that, that says, welcome to the forward district or something. So that was why it was called forward Avenue or whatever, or forward alley or whatever. And it was forward because it was in the forward district. And I, I was like, that's interesting that it's in the forward district and all of these, you know, all this trash is all over the place and homeless people are just lining. I mean, lying in the street there. It's, it's just it's just amazing, you know, and it's a but it's a historic forward district. But um, and then the other thing about that, you know, going into the bar, you know, remember she tells him, she tells her bartender that she wants Earl Grey tea, piping hot. Yep. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, we are in the right place now. But then they want he wanted something stronger. And it's funny because on just about every series, they ask for Sori and Brandy every time they want to get toe up drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Always Sori and Brandy. <laughs> oh, gosh. Those are just a few of the Easter eggs. I mean, this series or this 
this season, the series, yeah, in general is loaded with Easter eggs, but this season was loaded with Easter eggs as well. And I just had so much fun as a Trekkie watching it. And I was, my mind was open and um, as a, just a watcher and a lover of story. Also a person who's very in touch with what's going on at the moment and, you know, is an educated voter. It, it just hit me on all those different levels. And I think that's why I'm giving this season five stars. So let's talk about our rating here for the series. I'm sorry, for season two of Star Trek Picard. We give everything a Goodreads rating. And it's been a while since we've done a book read, but I know Goodreads is for books, but we do it for everything here. Our Goodreads ratings go like this. Goodreads rates a one star as you didn't like it. Two stars, it was okay. Three stars, you did like it. Four stars, you really liked it. And five stars, it was amazing. And so that's why I'm giving it five stars. I thought that this season was done so well and it was amazing. And I, and I love the whole story, the mystery component, which we didn't really talk about with the board queen kind of thing, but we'll leave that for those who Maybe even though we warned about spoilers, they still they still kept it on with us. But um, so I won't reveal that. But I just, I just love the the whole thing. It just it gave me levels. So I'm gonna give it five stars. Um, Stacy, what about you? What's your star rating for this one? Uh, my star rating was probably four stars. I really liked it. Enjoyed it. The only thing is like it didn't. I wasn't like as I wanted like a a dump, you know, a binge watch of it kind of a thing. I was like, okay, I can wait to see the next episode. So oh, okay. You know, that's why I would say a four versus I mean, I wanted to see the next episode, but it wasn't as oh my gosh, no, you didn't lay it like this. Now I only felt that at the very end of the Okay. Life, so. Yeah. But I would say a four. Okay. Jen, what about you? What's your star rating? All right, I'm going to go four and a half because okay. on the one hand, I I love, um, like I said before, my favorite episodes of Star Trek are the ones where they really go into the psychology and um, and and explore explore the brain more so than the space within the universe. And uh, so those are my favorite episodes. So this, because this entire series was essentially that, spoke to me and I loved it on so many levels. Um, I would agree with Stacy that there were, they could have done a little bit better with, with the endings and making you feel like, oh no, I want to watch the next episode immediately. And I also felt like um, the last episode, like once we sort of get them back, back into the future, right? So they're back on the, mm -hmm. uh, that spaceship and they're being confronted with the Borg queen. I felt like, I felt like all of that was kind of slow and also sort of didn't, wasn't satisfying, ultimately. Um, I'm glad that they connected. I'm glad that they, you know, were like, oh my, oh, hey, look, it's our friend, right? I'm glad that they did that part of it. Uh, and so I understood that part. But in terms of, of we're all going to like band together and save the universe, save the sector from this, you know, anomaly that's happening. I felt like that was just a little too tidy. That's why it gets the half star. Okay. 
All right, that makes sense. And you know, even though I'm give, I've given it five stars, I will kind of agree with you there on the last episode being a little slow. I did think it was a little slow, and I thought, is it me or have they just have they wrapped up the story already? You know? Yeah. And then they, they wrapped go, up all the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and so then when we go back to the ship, it's it's more like, oh yeah, I forgot. This is what we were doing in the first place. Yeah. That that's how I felt. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That, that, so the framing device yeah. was very much a device and wasn't Yes. Yeah, it really wasn't. Because I mean, I know there was a whole thing like they had to be afraid of the Borg Queen and then Q had to take them off the ship to go back and like figure out why Jordy was the Borg Queen. Like I understood that part of it, but but yeah, they just kind of, uh, that didn't feel as satisfying as the rest of it did, but. Yeah, it, it was like, this is, this is an explanation for some of the stuff you saw in season, I mean, in season, in episodes like three and four and whatever. This is this is why this happened kind of thing. And this is why we played this song. And this is why this happened. So, you know, it was kind of like, oh yeah, that, that happened. So it was, it was a, it was a wrap up, but yeah, um, I agree. It was kind of a slow wrap up. I feel like if they had done like an extension off of episode nine, but I know that they're not going to do that because, because the last season was 10 episodes and I'm thinking, not I'm thinking, I actually looked this up. So the next season is going to be 10 episodes as well because they've already finished filming it. So, that you know, it's just kind of a round number, I think. But as far as story goes, they probably could have done another 30 minutes and cut off, cut half of that last episode. We would have still had the, con- you know, the full circle moment. I will say, though, when I had the full circle moment, which is, this is why I gave it the five stars, I was like, Oh my gosh, yes, that is what happened. Because I love little puzzles and mess. <laughs> I love puzzles and stuff. And so just kind of seeing how all of that fit together, that actually, you know, made me a little bit giddy because I, you know, it was like a little puzzle kind of being solved. So Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Totally get it. That that was that was my point. I just want to say I am so happy I found two other Trekkies who will talk <laughs> Star Trek with me. I love that y'all are here. Thank you for joining me on this. It was great being on. Very happy to be here. So happy. To, thank you so much for the invitation. I have, um, my husband and I did watch the show together, but um, but it's so much fun to talk to you guys about this stuff. And you guys always have like, completely different um insights than i do and it's awesome (laughs) i love it just for the rest of you out there on my audience if y'all are also star trek lovers we are going to talk star trek discovery next and while we absolutely love that show i hope everybody loves that show as much as i do (laughs) um so stay tuned with us for that episode thanks so much for listening So that's all for this episode. We've got a new website at nerdyromanticspodcast.com. But don't fear, all of our episodes and their show notes are on our new website. While you're there, please consider donating to our podcast with the donate button at the top right-hand corner 
or the buy me a coffee button on the show notes for each episode. Your donations go straight to keeping this podcast on the air and keeping all of our episodes out there for you to listen to whenever you want to. If you want to get our show notes in your inbox, please consider signing up for our Nerdy Romantics newsletter. The sign-up form is at the bottom of each page on our new website. Thank you for listening. Star date, not too distant future. Brandon is a diehard Trekkie. He's watched every Star Trek franchise episode multiple times. He has several cosplay and collectible uniforms in his closet. Commander Will Riker is his favorite cosplay character, and he's been to dozens of conventions. But he's never met or gotten in a fight with another Trekkie like Phoenix. Phoenix is looking forward to her first Star Trek convention until she meets Brandon. He's nothing like the Riker character she loves to hate. He's combative, socially awkward, and off-putting. But he's so adorable. Phoenix and Brandon keep running into each other, each time more heated than the next. With three days of convention to get through, will they get past the hostility and find what they know is there? Attraction and perhaps love? This is the premise of Stardate, a free e-story for my newsletter subscribers, available on February 1st. If you like Trekkie romance, romantic comedy, or just like to see a little grumpy sunshine trope, this story is for you. Go to ymnelson.com backslash subscribe and get your free copy.